Good evening and hello and welcome to all our participants today. We are back again on a Thursday bringing you Discover Design, a webinar which is a series of understanding what design does, what is the details of design and how does it help all of us. We bring this to you from JS Institute of Design. Today our topic is tapping daylight in built environments. Uh, we have an expert in Gurneet Singh who's here with us to share a lot of details, but I'm very sure many of us are going to start understanding right from the beginning uh, in simple forms, what uh, tapping daylight means in built environment. I'd like to just introduce a bit about uh, Discover Design before that. Discover Design is a series of webinars brought by JS Institute of Design to help us look at the domain of design. And we have done in the past many, many webinars uh, to discover what is interior design, what are the various spaces where designers have been involved with, what does it take to design an interior space, what are the different elements, elements in it, and how have experts, whether designers, whether technologists, or whether technical experts have uh, looked at uh, enriching the interior spaces for our comfort. Um, we are going to, just to begin, I'm gonna just uh, let all our participants know, if you have any questions, please put it in the question and answer box and we will take up the questions once our presentation is over. Um, okay, and of course I need to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Nancy Ao. I've been, the, I've been heading the academics at GS Institute of Design. Um, and um, I have many years of experience in education and design domain as a practitioner. Let me now introduce Gurneet to you. There are many things I need to be very careful when I speak about him because um, I do think the specifics in his description really matter. So I'd like you to listen to it very carefully. Gurneet is an experienced sustainability and energy efficiency consultant building performance diagnostics expert and an integrator. And he's led the energy efficiency team at EDS for 15 years. His experience includes areas such as energy sector policy and regulatory implementations, techno-economic feasibility studies, energy performance contracting projects, LEED, LEED, and GRIHA certification projects. He also specializes in integrated building design, using simulation tools to assist in the design and delivery of energy efficient buildings, in particular, in predicting the performance of the daylight systems and energy efficient cooling services. Uh, I'm very sure uh, Gurneet is gonna help us understand what daylight to us really seems like an everyday thing and sometimes in the, in, the, in the cold winters, warm daylight appears very comforting. Uh, and in the summers, of course, it can be too hot to handle. But I'd, I'm gonna welcome Gurneet to come and explain to us a lot more in technical terms. So welcome Gurneet, we're happy to have you here today. Um, please go ahead, uh, add on to some of your introduction to help our participants understand you better. Uh, you are most welcome to. 
and um, the platform is yours. Thank you, thank you, sir. I think you have uh, covered. Uh, you have given an introduction thing. Uh, so, just basically, my interest is in daylight daylight analysis and simulation. So that's why uh, I chose this topic of tapping daylighting in built environment. So let me just uh, share my screen. Okay. Right. Yes. So I hope my screen is visible. Yes. Now it is. So uh, I welcome you all. Uh, tapping daylight in built environment is very important as it boosts the health and mentality of its occupant. It make our building healthier, and also it is uh, more energy efficient as you save uh, interior lighting energy use because you are getting daylighting. So let us just try to understand why uh, this is important. The simple reason why daylight and sunlight is important is because sun has been there for almost like billion of years long before life came to existence. It is far, by far the most important source of energy to the life on earth. Sunlight is also called uh, life-giving since all the life on planet, whether it's plants, animals, human beings, they are fueled by it. The energy from Sun is transferred in the form of electromagnetic radiation. In particular, it consists of infrared spectrum, the visible spectrum, which is the daylight, and the ultraviolet spectrum. Because of the same reasons since sun has been there before we came into existence, our bodies are adapted and developed with daylighting around, right? Our body and many of its functions requires sunlight and scientific research indicates that sunlight eliminates depression. It improves mood, right? Especially for people who are in North India uh, with winter months, if you get, uh, if you don't get sun for a day, it feels like a depression, uh, that you are depressed. So it definitely improves mood and it reduces stress and uh, it also improves sleep quality. Now, if you ask my son, so I was, uh, my son was sitting when I was preparing this presentation. So he questioned me, how come sunlight or daylight can help sleep quality? He says that when, you know, he hates sun because he has to wake up in the morning. So right. let us see how <laughs> daylight improves yeah. sleep quality. So there is this term called circadian rhythm. So our circadian cycle or the biological cycle is triggered with daylighting. Circadian rhythm is uh, a natural internal process that regulates the sleep and the wake cycle, which repeats roughly every 24 hours. So in a simple term, uh, I should say the right amount of exposure to sun, sunlight, and then to nighttime drives this circadian system of our body. 
because of the same reason uh, in earlier times one of the harshest uh, punishment was to lock the prisoner in a room with no daylight and no views correct over the time the prisoner generally loses the touch with reality and the sense of time and eventually becomes disoriented which impacts his mind and health a recent study by northwestern university and the university of illinois uh did on office workers so they did the study where they monitored the sleep time and the daytime activity levels for a group of office workers so among this group they divided them into two batches one batch was exposed to uh, enough daylighting so their workstation was placed in a way that they get good daylighting and other was getting not getting enough daylighting and what they observed was the group that had exposure to daylighting slept 46 minutes more on an average than their peers and also the they showed more energy and vitality during the day compared to the other batch so that is uh, the importance of daylighting in our life so these are some of the uh, pictures uh, of uh, daylight spaces and i am sure uh, you must be feeling very uh, these pictures are so pleasing that you feel that yes you are connected with nature on that hence uh, it is very important uh, to design a space or a building in such a way to have effective and comfortable daylighting so you must be thinking that when daylighting has got so much so many benefits then how and when can daylighting be uncomfortable so when i said that you know you need to design it in such a way so that you have effective and comfortable daylighting so is there a times when daylighting can be uncomfortable so let's just see that so uh, we all have heard about this term more the better yes uh, more money is better but uh, uh, not always we all know excess of everything is is bad the same applies to the daylight too we know that more daylight uh, we get in our office the more we will save on electric energy right and we have also also seen the benefits of daylighting on human performance right but when it comes to daylight more is not always good right excess of daylight also causes glare and discomfort so at the same time so once you have uncontrolled or unwanted daylight coming in in order to control that as an occupant i will either put on curtains or i will put on blinds right so though i am getting enough daylighting uh, through my windows but as soon as i put on my blinds that means i am cutting off the daylight so i am also losing on the energy savings due to interior lighting right uh these are pictures of some of the buildings uh, i think uh, most of you are aware which buildings are these uh, you can actually see uh, the whole building facade is covered by the internal blinds right this is because the direct sun is penetrating in the space and is hitting the workstation and the people inside the space at their workstation are not able to perform their task 
because of the glare issue because the high amount of daylighting or sunlight is creating a contrast uh creating a high contrast where they are not able to concentrate on their workstation uh some more pictures of of the building uh, you can actually see though we have we are glass in fact glass uh, i really love glass and i feel that uh, uh glass has been really instrumental in bringing in daylighting if you see the buildings around 3 decades or 2 decades ago uh, they were all concrete buildings with small windows uh, in that but with the glass uh, we, really there are like good daylight building right and uh, this is another one uh, this is for a building in in south india yeah. so if you see because of the glass and the architecture uh, and uh, our uh, location as in in india there is a huge potential to harvest daylight and the to harvest the benefit from daylighting provided it is designed in a proper way so uh, now let's just have a quick poll uh, try to understand i would request the it team to launch the poll the question is how many of you have access to good daylighting without any unwanted glare at your workplace so just wanted to hear from you okay So that's a very healthy living. I can see that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yes, yes. Good to see that uh, most of you have uh, access to good daylighting and mm -hmm. without any unwanted glare. That's that's good to hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let me just. So uh, now let me uh, take you through uh, some daylight strategies. Uh, which can help you design effective and comfortable daylighting the very first strategy uh, as an architect or as a designer or as a client or even if you are buying a building or if you are leasing out a building as a facility manager is to see uh, the floor depth of that place right of that uh, building so the very first strategy is to optimize the floor depth so that you have maximum a floor area having good daylighting and what is the thumb rule the rule says the thumb rule is 2h or 15 feet the rule uh, says that the daylight penetration from a window on a wall can penetrate up to two times the head height of the window from the floor right so uh, the lintel level in in technical terms the height the lintel level from the floor you multiplied by 2 you get the depth uh, of the floor where you can get you can assume by thumb rule that it will get sufficient daylighting right so generally the office space uh, has a 4 meter floor to floor height and uh, windows are up to like 2.4 meter or 3 meter so let's say 3 uh, meter that means uh, sufficient daylight can penetrate up to 2 into 3 meter that is up to 6 meters right 
or 15 to 18 feet. So whenever you are designing your flow plate or you are leasing out a space, just see whether uh, you are able to get around uh, 16 meters to 20 meter of office space. So if your office is too deep or office space is too deep, then only certain part of the office will get daylighting, rest will be partially daylit or maybe under uh, lit, right? The same strategy was uh, applied when uh, we were designing the Punjab National Bank along with the architect Rajinder Kumar and the associate. So this was a competition project and uh, the whole idea was uh, the client gave the brief that they want an energy efficient, sustainable building design. Uh, so what we started uh, the design, again, it, it was a site which uh, gave the potential to have a deep flow plate. Uh, but what we did was we introduced a courtyard in between and broke the deep, uh, deep flow plate into smaller wings of flow plate. So this helped us in getting daylighting from both the sides to have well daylight space, uh, office space. Uh, this is an internal picture from one wing towards the other wing. Uh, this is the connection between the two wings at a higher level. And the whole design was done in such a way that it facilitated the cross uh, movement of windows. So this space was all open and similarly the front was all open so that the wind can also flow through this space and you the occupants of the building get a nice courtyard which is shaded by solar panels. So this courtyard had a uh, frame structure which is uh, solar panels were installed in that. And uh, there were some openings for the skylight so that the daylight can penetrate through this uh, portion. Right? So the whole idea was uh, to create a micro environment uh, within the building, uh, which is well shaded, well ventilated, and have got good uh, daylight in that space. So I have a question here, Gurneet, for you. Yeah. Uh, any of the architectural projects which has a very intentional optimization of the sunlight, like such as in this building, does the brief of the building begin with saying that whatever may be the functional usage of the space, that this building has to have certain percentage of sunlight to be inbuilt uh, and available to the users. Is that ever a brief in, the, in a project, architectural project? Uh, not really. They are like, I would say only few uh, of the client, they demand that, but most of the them, uh, most of them, they don't even talk about that. Uh, that's why uh, we actually, we were also part of development of the energy codes for India. Uh, and the latest energy code, the ECBC 2017. And in fact, I, I believe this is the only code in the world which has energy code in the world which has incorporated daylighting as a mandatory requirement in energy codes. So now with this uh, code, there is a mandate that you need to get certain percentage of your floor plate well daylight, right? So, so only few corporates, uh, they demand that they need to have uh, daylighting, but the rest of the 
developers and other people they talk more about efficiency uh, floor efficiency they want deep floor plates so from there and generally there's no brief on daylighting so that's the reason in fact the all the buildings are glass facade and are yes. covered with all blinds because uh, uh, the design is not done because it it does not block the unwanted glare right so uh, just a very quick question again do, with such kind of glass facade which i noticed in the earlier dlf structure that you were showing mm -hmm. uh, they may have found another answer to block so much of sunlight but how do these buildings or design of such buildings ever get passed uh, in terms of visibility or safety for the people who are going to use it i'm not talking about safety in terms of or structural safety but in terms of this so much of extra sunlight is not really healthy even for people who are using the building mm -hmm. and uh, there is heat entrapment and many of these factors which happen because of such a building yes yes so i'm wondering whether there is anything around such a law uh, yes uh, you are right uh, and i think the reason behind this is the end user is not uh, aware okay the benefit so the end user the the people who are occupying that space or the hr department of of that firm because these are all core and shell kind of a building which are leased out to the people right so to to mncs to firms and the well being of an employee of that firm is generally taken care by the hr department so the employees and the hr department they are not aware of the benefits of having a glare free daylight or even uh, good interior lighting design or air quality right so those things are has has never come as a requirement from the end user right so that's the reason so if if uh, we are able to create an awareness among the end user i am sure uh, this will change mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, on the similar uh, fashion, uh, this is the Infosys Hyderabad uh, building. This is was the first building uh, where they uh, changed their way of designing a building. Initially, Infosys building were also glass building, so they switched to a sustainable building design. Again, uh, this was designed as an H-shape form, so there were like two H-shape form, and each arm or the wing. uh was uh the depth of that wing was designed up to like 16 to 20 meters not more than that it was restricted to 16 to 20 meters on that right uh the whole idea was to get enough daylighting from both the sides so this is the south side and to get it from the other side similarly for the other arms another important aspect of good daylight design is to achieve a balance of light and heat right uh, at certain times of the day at each orientation the light is the light will be too bright and may produce a strong glare right inside the building as we have seen in our previous slide so shading plays a very very important role in preventing this and shading plays a very important role in in daylight design so i request everyone to uh, to look into this uh, shading part uh, shading is nothing but it's a combination of horizontal and vertical elements uh, which uh, uh, vary depending on the 
geographical location whether you are located in new, uh, whether your project is in new delhi or in chennai or in australia so based on where you are located the shading elements the depth the requirement will vary uh, based on the climate whether you want to block the heat or you want the sun to come in and the building orientation which orientation is your building if it is north south it's easy to block the sun because the sun is more or less overhead so during noon noon time the sun is overhead only uh, early morning and late evening the sun is at a low angle so depending on what is your orientation of the building these shading elements uh, that the design vary the shading uh, elements this strategy basically allow natural light to come in but it blocks the heat again this is the infosys uh, uh, building the facade the detail of that facade where they first recessed uh, recessed the window so it it already gave them some shading and then they added another shade onto that horizontal shade so this horizontal shade was done to protect uh, the uh, window from uh, the sun around uh, 10 am till 3 pm and actually you can see you can see the shadow on this uh, 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 column right so this is shaded and vertical elements was introduced to block the early morning or the, or the morning sun and the evening sun uh infosys is one of the client which i was talking about where they have put this as a uh, design criteria for an architect that their design whatever a design architect proposes should meet uh there were three criteria so one first first criteria is that they should ensure that there is no direct solar radiation hitting any workstation right so the architect has to design the building facade in such a way that there is no direct sun coming inside the building or hitting the workstation the second one is they also specify that they want at least 100% of their space to be well daylit and the third one is in terms of heat gain they say that you need to design your facade or the specs of your facade glass and the wall so that the peak load peak ingress heat load from envelope is not above certain threshold in fact uh, this is uh, uh, in this project we also went a step ahead we after uh, detailed simulation and analysis we also went to the site and checked uh, to see uh, whether uh, the simulation results were in line with uh, or, or the actual results of the building were in line with simulation so we actually went to the site uh check what are the sky conditions and the cloud cover uh took actual uh, uh material specifications and then calibrated our thermal and daylight simulation model with actual materials with with the final design and simulated it so this is a isolux contour level uh in a, in a floor plan of of a of a of fifth floor and then uh we plotted this so the red uh, part is what we simulated and uh, the green the black line is what we measured and the green part is the outside lux level so if you see it uh, the measured and the simulated were are very close to each other i just wanted to share this the, the process because uh, that's the power of uh, simulation where you can actually predict uh, the performance of your design and you can evaluate 
different design options using simulation tools. Uh, the next project that I want to uh, discuss is uh, the headquarters for Visage Beauty Products. This is based in uh, Noida. Uh, this facade, uh, again, uh, the architect is DCA architect. The objective of uh, by DCA architect was to cut the summer sun completely. They wanted to have a, a glare-free uh, interior. And uh, so this front facade is southwest facing facade and the facade on your left side is northwest facing facade. Uh, we were able to cut the sun and along with the visual comfort level, we were also able to achieve the thermal comfort level, right? So since this is a southwest facade, this is exposed to sun after 3 p.m., which is a low angle sun. So that's why you see this as a vertical fin at an angle. Right. This is an, another view uh, of the angle. The other benefit of shading is that besides radiant and glare control, it also helps in reduction of your cooling load. Right. As the solar gain inside the building is now zero. So over here, there was zero solar gains. If, if we haven't uh, done shading, then there would have been uh, gain. Uh, there would have been some solar gains. Coming into the building, contributing to the cooling load. And generally, uh, in my experience, uh, we have observed that many of the clients or the architect, there is a misconception that you know, if you go with a vertical shading, then you are actually blocking an internal view. I, uh, the, the occupants will not have view to the outside, right? So let me just show you a few pictures from the interior, interior side of the same building. Yes, there are inclined fins. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you look perpendicularly outside, yes, there is no view, but actually you never look outside uh, in, in a, at 90 degree, right? So you can actually see um, we are getting good view to the outside, right? Similarly on this side. And you see there is very less of sun coming in, in these right. spaces. Right? So that's the beauty of the shading devices. And the best part was that when these were being implemented on the side, uh, the construction workers, they preferred working on these, this floor where the shading was implemented because they said that it, it, is, it was cooler than the other floors. <laughs> right. So that was great. That was in fact very interesting. So. So while you're at it in uh, talking about shading, uh, daylight and shading, uh, could I ask you to uh, perhaps uh, share with us any information about uh, what kind of material could go on the windows if, if we don't want to do such a shading like what you're showing here, but you'd like to just bring about some changes through the material usage. Uh, would you be able to help us understand whether there are any materials that could help yeah. in that? Fabric could be, uh, there are high performance glass available, but again, uh, you can't achieve zero solar gains with that, right? So it's it's something like uh, you are putting uh, sunglasses, right? Goggles. Right. Even if you put that, uh, you can't uh, see uh, the sun continuously, right? After right. certain time, you will still feel discomfort. So yes, uh, sunglasses or a high performance glass will reduce that impact. 
but once you are getting direct sun coming in or hitting your uh, uh, computer screen mm-hmm. you it's it, it will create a discomfort right and you will put on blinds so shading external shading can be anything the we saw in the infosys building so they use frost, frosted glass right those are like light color over here they use cotton steel because they wanted to give a rusty kind of a feeling on 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 that facade right it can be a fabric uh, architect ab lal has introduced uh, has used fabric uh, in this uh, uh, building in gurgaon and the next building that i am uh, just uh, will show is the suzlon so they have used small uh, uh, vertical uh, horizontal louvers as a shading devices right Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the Suzlon project, uh, which is a global headquarters of Suzlon at Pune. It is around 0.8 million square feet. Uh, it was the first building in India which got both Griha five star and the LEED Platinum uh, rating. Uh, again, they have done uh, orientation was done in such a way that you have north and south facing. openings and east and the west facing uh, facades were covered with this louvers horizontal louver right so you can see in this image so they don't block the view and but right. they cut the low angle sun right so any sun above 23 degree it was blocked with this so this, this is again a kind of a thing where you are not uh, doing heavy shading but these are kind of a perforated uh, shade and this is again an inter, inter internal view uh, of uh, suzlon building i can see uh, very well daylight these are the office spaces and you can actually see uh, the louvers over here uh, the other uh, things that suzlon has done is they have really gone into efficient interior lighting uh, so uh, the lighting power density was something lower than 0.7 watts per square feet they also coupled the day lighting with the interior lighting through sensors so they connected it with occupancy and the daylight sensors on the air conditioning side also they because since it's located in pune uh, direct and indirect evaporative cooling works well they were also pre cooling and doing heat recovery from various equipments uh, being suzlon they also they have on site renewable energy systems they have got around 17 windmills on their campus and around 234 uh, solar panels which contributes to around 6% of their energy used at site so uh, that brings us to the uh, poll number 2 right which is the poll So the poll is daylighting inside a building when done in a smart way brings physiological prosperity to the users reduces energy cost or both So what do you think, Sunil? Ah, uh, so I think uh, I was able to communicate <laughs> to all of them. Yes. <laughs> I think the participants are very smart. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I want to ask from your experience: Do you think 
Mm. I'm not able to hear you. Uh, is it uh, at my end or? So, Dakshita, uh, am I audible? Yes, sir. So you can continue, sir. And me and ma'am will just be joining back. Okay, 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 sure. Yes, so... Uh, So the next uh, uh, daylight strategy is uh, light shelves. Light shelf is uh, nothing. It is basically a horizontal shelf. Uh, it can be termed as uh, internal shading or external shade uh, can also be used as light shelf. It is generally placed above uh, view window or above the window to reduce the glare and also to redirect uh, light people into the space. So this panel, which is also acting as an external shade, is, is kind of a light shelf. The upper part of this panel is also reflective. So this panel shades the lower window and also the sun is reflected deep into the space. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this is again an interview, uh, internal view. Of, so this is a factory, this is a garment factory, uh, and I will show you uh, uh, a image uh, of their old uh, shed. So you can actually see what a good ambience created by a glare-free daylighting. Uh, this was on your left side is the existing factory, and now this is the completed uh, factory image. You can see the difference. and. Uh, this also impact as, as we have discussed occupant comfort and enhance their productivity so that's very important for a for a factory uh, where you know you need you should give a nice environment to your occupants mm -hmm. uh, similarly the infosys so they have their this uh, light shelf again the whole purpose was that the light reflects on this and get uh, are reflected deep into the space. Another concept with light shelf is that you can break your building skin or building facade into two parts. You can have this lower part, which is the view window, which is used to view outside, and the upper part is the daylight window. Mm -hmm. So the view window can have a high performance glass because the occupant is sitting over here, and the daylight window can have a glass which allows more of light to come in, right? So the same facade, you can have two different windows to harness more daylight into the office space. Then clear story and skylights uh, is another strategy. Uh, so generally all the typical warehouse and storage are done like this. So they have shed like structure with small skylights in between. Uh, this is what we did for Organic India Warehouse, where we brought in clear story and the skylights. So this is not uh, facing sawtooth skylight, right? And you can actually, I'll show you. So this is something without any skylight. And this is the building with, this is the same warehouse of Organic. You can see actually, you know, how well lit is this space. And you can actually see uh, on, on this wall. Similarly, the same uh, with uh, with a north uh, skylight. 
how you get the daylight windows. Now let's just move to some advanced daylight system. So all of these which we covered can be done by the design and you can term them as a passive uh, system, but there are also advanced uh, daylight systems available. Uh, I think you must have come across that. Uh, the first one is the solar tubes. Solar tubes is basically channels which uh, uh, take sunlight at the top and transport them uh, through a narrow opening to the to the space that you want. So these are in, so these pipes are very reflective from the inside. So once sunlight enters into this, it gets reflected and it transports to the space where you want. Right. So uh, this is one advanced technology. The other one that is now picking up is the electrochromic glass. Uh, the glass that tints itself depending on the sun orientation or the, or the amount of radiation falling on that glass. So uh, this works well if you have a west or east facing facade, because generally, if you have east or west facing facade, that facade will get sun only for half a day. Rest half part of the day, it will be in shade. So if I have east facing facade, that facade will only get sun during the morning maybe from 8 till 11.30 or 12. And from 12 onwards, that facade will be in shade. Similarly, the west will, will receive sun after 3 or 2, but before that, it will be in shade. So there is no point uh, designing a shade, static shade, uh, for those facades because uh, uh, you are designing it for the worst condition to block the sun, but the time when there is no sun, you are actually blocking diffuse light. So on those facades, either you propose a dynamic shade, which moves depending on the sun, or you can go with electrochromic glass. So these strategies work best on, best on east and the west. Then there are these uh, small, uh, these uh, uh, aluminum panel or section which are designed to actually have uh, light penetrate deep into the space. And these can work as a retrofit. So you can actually install these set uh, on the top of your window from inside. And you will actually see that the light is being trust, uh, is reflected and is reflected deep into the uh, space. Right? So these, this is a very interesting uh, uh, daylight harvesting. Uh, strategy. Uh, that brings us to the poll number three before we end the session. So request the team to launch the poll. Okay. Please go ahead. Kurneet. No, no, please. You can go ahead. Okay. Let me just read it out. Uh, vernacular architecture can be classified as green building when Building and space design relates to vernacular culture or design provides majority space for daylight and external views allowing inhabitants to enjoy the seasons and the weather and colored with various shades of green. So think through which vernacular architecture can be termed as green having these three characteristics, which one would it be?
All right. I'm so um, glad that <laughs> nobody selected the third option. <laughs> I had a tough time convincing my family that it's green is not only using green color. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I guess, uh, no, we have very informed participants. And of course, the third option just seemed like a put on from our end. But I wanted to check with you if you could help us uh, understand whether in our vernacular architecture, did, the, did they actually evolve any methods to control sunlight, daylight, uh, you know, getting into the house or, or enmassing daylight for the house? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, uh, the vernacular architecture, they are the, uh, they, they, I would say that they are like term called climate responsive design, right? Mm -hmm. They were, in fact, you see uh, old uh, uh, habitat, all, whether it's Dubai or another thing, those were all designed uh, uh, keeping in mind the climate, right? So hot and dry area had small windows uh, where they were like uh, hot and humid uh, areas. They had got vi uh, huge windows with uh, cross ventilation, right? So, uh, and in fact, if you see, uh, I was very surprised to read about this SP41. Uh, they define the shading requirements very well. And in fact, you see all of the old CPWD or the government buildings, those, all the buildings are all well shaded. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about the people, uh, the people around uh, Delhi. If you go to that Patel Chowk metro station, so that Patel uh, circle, Mm -hmm. All the buildings around that, around that uh, circle, they have got different shading depending on their orientation, right? So uh, it's it's only the uh, new buildings where we have uh, actually forgotten about the principles of daylighting and uh, those things because uh, glass was an easy material. <laughs> but if you see all the vernacular architecture, they are they, I would say they would all uh, achieve the top level of rating in, in, the, in the present green building systems. All right. So, well, that's some more information for us today. Uh, yes. Sorry, go ahead, Gurney. We have something. Uh, so, no, just to end the session, I would just like to say daylighting is not just a window thing. It is, uh, it basically requires an integrated design approach. Uh, you need to uh, work on the whole building. You need to work with the climate factors. You need to work with building orientation, how the floor plan is laid out and the interior lighting design elements and the controls. So don't, uh, whenever you are starting a design, I mean, just keep in mind all these factors and then design your building so that you have well delit office space or well delit building space. Sure. That brings up to me uh, to the end of this uh, my presentation. Thank you very much. All I can say is that uh, today what we have got is just a small peek into a huge area of how daylight or energy efficiency can be uh, obtain in a building, not only the building structure, but interiors as well, and many aspects attached to that. Uh, there are many questions for you, Gurneet. I'm going to put it to you one by one. 
But meantime, I do think today I've learned a lot. I'm going to just try to figure out some of the things you've talked about. Um, but if you would like to have a glass of water before you start. Uh, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. So a question from Nandana. Um, do, uh, so her question is, don't people move away from sunlight in a building by closing the windows and putting down the blinds? because of the sunlight. So how can we balance both the needs? Yeah, so it's basically uh, not the sunlight, it's basically unwanted sunlight, right? right? So you can, as I've said that, uh, the best way is to design your building properly and uh, have some kind of uh, sun control, external sun control, that is shading elements. Uh, with that, you can actually balance this, uh, both the needs. Uh, because of the same reason, Infosys has now, and many corporates are now adopting a no-blind policy in their office space, that they they would like to have their building designed so that they need not to uh, install uh, blinds in their office space. Right. Um, in fact, I had a question. I don't know, Mike. Uh, I sort of was taken off the site for a while. I don't know if you heard my question about, are people even at this present time, more concerned about saving finances um, by being energy efficient rather than actually cons being concerned about the health of the human, uh, the humans using that space, whether enough daylight is being, um, uh, you know, is being, uh, uh, is being allowed in that space. Or is there over daylight, over the top daylight being uh, in the uh, allowed in that space? Uh, see the as I said that uh, if you are talking about daylighting uh, right now, uh, people are not aware of that. I mean, correct. They, uh, so the design is not uh, uh, day, day, daylight oriented. It is more of uh, floor space efficiency, right? Right. So that's the issue. So we can wait for a long time yet or are people getting more aware? Uh, people are getting more aware and uh, now with this course and the uh, green building rating system also uh, putting, uh, 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 there's a push from all these uh, parts. So hopefully people uh, uh, will get aware about uh, the benefits of this. And uh, with these uh, kind of situations of COVID and other things, definitely now the focus has shifted shifted to the occupant health also and the daylight besides the indoor air quality daylight is also an important aspect so hoping to see a change uh, in that aspect well this is our first step towards trying to understand this better but we as a school i think jsid would be very keen to continue understanding this particular subject area in depth so that we can share uh, the same passion for it or rather knowledge about this with our students. A question from Vandana. What is your take on green building history? I think there's a long question. So do you want to answer this? Or I'll go on and add more. Do you think that India was the initiator of such codes? As we see many architectural marvels in India on lines of Vastu Shastra? Mm -hmm. Or should we believe that we have studied from some foreign council's policy and that is why we follow it? Uh, 
see i would say uh, if you are talking about green building so when you are talking about green building i i believe uh, one is talking about the green building certification system but if you see all over the world almost like uh, three decades ago all the buildings uh, anywhere in the building they were all climate responsive right uh, whether it was a building in dubai or it's a building in new york they were all respond responding to the climate it's only uh, within this uh, two dec- decades that uh, the building which is uh, designed in for new york the same building is now coming up in dubai the same building is so if you see the the if if uh, nobody tells me where i am for me gurgaon singapore dubai i i could see new york i could i could see that as the same building profile right all tall buildings with the glass right. with the luco panel and all those things right. so it's it's just uh, because of the demand for go, to go high rise and to make a statement that the clients are demanding a building which is future which looks futuristic and for them it's glass high rise luco panels those uh, gives a feeling of future uh, uh that the building is futuristic or there is a iconic building kind of a status right but uh, so it's only in this past two decades that uh, we have shifted from uh, i would say sustainable green buildings uh, architecture to more of a uh, uh, futuristic uh, kind of a building uh, thing uh, in terms of green building certification yes we are kind of a follower to that because the green building system certification came first in in western countries and then we adopted uh, that uh, so that's that's my answer i hope uh, right. it clears you right so uh, thank you for that uh, Nan- nanda kumar has a question on will heat radiation pass through shading devices Uh, no so if it is an opaque uh, thing it will not pass through but if it is like uh, translucent less some uh, radiation will pass through that shading device all right again how you are joining the shading device to your structure because your shading device will get heat heated up and then if you are joining it to a structure then some heat will be passed on to your structure but radiation no mm-hmm. all right and uh, well the, a question from alna hello alna a friend of mine um, are there any incentives given by the government to encourage daylight savings uh, does building material affect heat i think that building comes. material okay. so does building material affect heat 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 okay yes building material uh, do affect heat uh, uh, depending on the, what kind of material you are using uh it will so each material has this uh, uh as you know heat flows from higher temperature to lower temperature so that's the conduct conductivity so each material has this property of called conductivity so depending on that uh it, it the amount of heat is transferred to from higher to lower temperature correct and she wanted to know whether incentives given by the government right no no i am not aware of any, any of the incentives do you think uh people like you could make a difference if you sort of uh you know are you are propagating what is the benefits of such thing or what should be the expertise level of expertise required can't we do better than this 
No, we can definitely uh, do better than this, uh, much better than this. Uh, we we have seen the buildings uh, in that cyber city uh, thing. So there is a lot of potential, uh, and uh, uh, we have uh, taken the first step of uh, incorporating that in the ECBC code. Uh, so let's see how it goes. But yes, uh, uh, there is a need to uh, bring in daylighting. Uh, I would say uh, glare-free daylighting into the space. Okay. Another question by Alok for existing structures, any flats or villas. How do you improve natural light since structural changes are not allowed? Are there any reflectors, etc., available? Yes, uh, reflectors are available, but uh, if you are saying that it's a flat or a villa, if it is a villa, then it's easy. You just need to maybe change your windows or add more windows into that, depending on the design. In the flat, yes, it's difficult. Uh, there are reflectors available. Uh, in fact, my flat is also uh, not facing, and uh, so I, 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 I don't get sunlight. But uh, during winters, because my neighbor has installed a reflective glass, <laughs> so I, I get uh, the reflected uh, radiation for almost like one or two hours. So yes, there are reflectors available. Uh, if your flat is not getting uh, direct sun or light, you can uh, use those reflectors too. Uh, have daylighting. In fact, the light shelf is a reflector only. The thing that we discuss, uh, it's a reflector only which uh, reflects the light deep inside space. And the solar tubes also is a reflective material. Right. Uh, there's another question. Uh, more and more non-technical people have become a part of building design. Is it the reason India doesn't have many good sustainable buildings? Uh, this is by Madhan. Oh, is that true? I'm not sure. Is it? Uh, no, it's not the. It's not because non-architects are practicing architecture. Uh, but I, even architects, they have shifted their focus from uh, good uh, design to. Uh, and again, it's not their uh, fault. It's basically the demand uh, from the client, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if the client wants a building uh, uh, equivalent to something in Dubai. Uh, as an architect, you need to uh, develop that. And again, now with the new technology coming up, uh, the materials uh, availability, uh, we are moving towards a sustainable building design. And uh, so there is a, I, I, I can see there is a shift and uh, many corporates like Infosys and other Wipro, they are now uh, making this as a mandate. So when they give this to, uh, uh, brief to the architect, there is a mandate that they want a sustainable building design. So there is a shift. And, uh, and people are also now uh, seeing the benefit of uh, having a sustainable building design, right? So definitely there is a shift. Right. I, I hope, Madan, you would, uh, you know, I, I hope you would feel a little bit more optimistic because there are many reasons besides, uh, besides the one you mentioned. And uh, let us be hopeful that we all have more awareness and hence better choices and we make our decisions accordingly. Um, another question would be when using view windows and daylight windows, how can we mitigate the heat gain acquired in the interiors through, day, through daylight windows? Yes, so uh, 
so there there are glass available which uh, have a higher visible light transmission and low, lower solar heat gain coefficient mm -hmm. so those kind of glass can be used uh, on the daylight windows so again we have to see the balance between daylighting and the thermal uh, ingress uh, uh, part so uh, depending on the glass and sometimes you also add some shading uh, on top of uh, your daylight window to obstruct certain part of uh, the uh, solar gain right okay and gurney uh, thank you so much i think uh, today has been a lot of information a lot of logical and sensible information and i do think many of us are going back with some new information Uh, an excitement towards what future holds for all of us uh, but before we do uh, i'd like to announce that we do have a poll question from for you from gs institute of design uh, these are uh, we'd like to know whether you guys would be interested to apply because our admissions are on for the next term starting in january um, and please feel go ahead and answer uh, put on your choice for the poll meanwhile if anyone of you has more questions regarding the subject domain um gunith has very kindly agreed to do any more answering if if it is if it requires more clarification but after this i do think all of us really uh, as interior designers architects builders need to pay attention to this particular aspect of energy which is so abundant in nature and especially in india we are blessed with a lot of it um uh, i don't know there's been no question on energy uh, encashment or did you talk about really being able to um trap this energy for some other use is it possible all this daylight that we have besides solar panels Uh, right now, it's the solar panel only by which you can trap this energy. You can transport uh, daylight through solar tubes uh, and other method. Uh, but as such, uh, daylight itself, uh, I am not aware that you can store it or, or maybe uh, reuse it uh, during night. Uh, you can only do it through solar panels. Okay, I'm sure there's there's a lot more development happening in this particular field. Uh, i guess if not as experts even as consumers if we are aware of such aspects will be will make better choices when we go around to buying our own space or using a space and that ultimately would be an ideal society where people benefit from their surroundings and benefit from the technology that is around us so thank you all and we are going to see you again uh, on our webinar which will be a thursday we will have and uh, announce it earlier thank you gurneet thank you very much for all your time and your efforts thank you thank you for for uh, inviting me to conduct this session pleasure thank you thank you bye bye bye